All right, so there is a lot in this one. I think this is a shocker for two reasons. This passage shocks people because Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace, but the sword. And he says, if you love your mother and father or son and daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. You know, in another translation, I think it's Luke says, unless you hate your mother and your father, you can't be my disciple. Do we as Catholics know how to explain this passage to non-Christians? A lot of times non-Christians will point this out. In fact, I had one um, friend of a friend who said the biggest reason they struggled with Christianity was because it was telling them to hate their mother and father. Well, now you have to kind of take this in perspective. The commandments say to honor our mother and father. But let's look at this. Jesus here in Matthew, we just read from Matthew, says we must not love our mom or dad or our son and daughter more than him. Um, as I said, he goes on in other passages to say, unless you hate them, you're not worthy of him. What does that mean? Are we really to hate them? No, Jesus doesn't mean to despise or disdain them. Not that kind of hate. That would be violating the, the third commandment. Scott Hahn tells us the word Jesus used here to hate, unless you hate your mother and father and, and, and you love me more, means hate does not mean disdain or, or despise. It means to love less. So to hate your mother and father compared to Jesus doesn't mean to disdain them or despise them. It means to love them less. It doesn't mean you love them less than you're humanly possible. You love them as much as you're humanly possible, but you love God supernaturally, which even goes above that. So it means to love less. Now, we honor and we respect our mother and father, sons and daughters, but not to the point that they keep us from God. That's the message. Their love is only finite, as I said, natural. God's love is infinite, supernatural. And so this is what we have to realize. He must come first. You know, at first when I announced I was going to become a priest, my family wasn't really too excited. I had one lady write to me in the comments just the other day, Father, how's your family come around? She said, she, she remembers. She said, I remember your mom cried. Your grandma thought you didn't like girls and your dad said you weren't going to make it as a priest. She says, how are they doing now? I said, they're my biggest supporters. God bless them. They, they, they really believe, I think. I think my family finally believes now I'm called to the priesthood. And so praise be to God. <laughs> it took 10 years, but I think we're, you know, we're there. So anyway, I said to my family, I love you, but if you even disown me, they won't now. They're my biggest supporters. But I had to follow this vocational call of God, even to the fact if my family would have disowned me. I had to do it. Now, praise be to God, my family didn't disown me. They're my biggest supporters, but and I had to be prepared to do that. I couldn't change what I knew in my heart was a call from God because of somebody's feelings, even our mother, father, son, or daughter, brother, or sister. And that's hard for many people. Understandable. Now, Jesus said, I've come to bring peace, not the sword. Sorry, I've come not to bring peace, but the sword. This goes right into it. They're related. How? Meaning that we can't put anyone, even family, ahead of God, because if you stick by that, it's going to cause division. 
How many families have struggled with the division caused by the parents wanting to go to church or follow the Catholic faith and the child doesn't? It's caused division. In fact, many have left their Catholic faith, not just because of children, but spouses. A lot of people have left because their spouse doesn't like the church. I, my heart goes out to you. It's easy for me to say, don't leave the church even for a spouse because my spouse is the church. That's who the spouse of a priest is. I don't have a female spouse. So it's easy for me to say that. I, I, I get that. I, I, I'm not up here just saying emphatically, you even have to choose God you know, over yourself. It's not that easy. Trust me, I, I see it. I get letters. I hear about it. I, 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 I observe it. I can only imagine how hard that must be. But Jesus never promised being a disciple would be easy. He says it's going to be rough. The road's going to be rocky. Few are going to follow it. So many have left even because, like I said, maybe even their spouse doesn't like the faith. Now the point is, can a Catholic marry a non-Catholic? Yes, with permission of the bishop. But there are two things that have to happen. They have to be, the marriage has to be in a Catholic church and the children have to be brought up Catholic. That's just because as an obligation of a parent to pass your faith on, even if the spouse isn't. So a Catholic can marry with permission, but as long as they get married in the church and agree to raise the children as Catholics, again, this is hard to do. But this is what Jesus meant, that we have to love him more than everyone. That we cannot let even brother, sister, mother, father be more important than God. In the long run, you'll be much happier. This is difficult, but it's the truth. It's hard when Jesus says this. You know, loving him more than anyone else is what he says. This is why when he says that we must deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him, that it's not going to be easy. This is hard. So when following him opposes even the ones we love, we have to choose God. I remember a mother telling me that she was feeling terrible because her daughter disowned her because the mother would not pay for her abortion. And I remember the mom was just heartbroken. She loved this daughter more than anything in the world, and the daughter won't even talk to her because she says she's judgmental and she's self-righteous because the mom wouldn't take her and pay for the abortion. If you love someone, you can't help contribute to putting them on the wrong road. That tough love is the way of Christ. You know, when we watch these other religions on TV and this gospel of prosperity, and boy, that's a danger. The way to discipleship is the way of the cross. Yeah, that's why a lot of people don't like the Catholic faith. That's why a lot of people don't like it. You always hear Catholic guilt, Catholic guilt. It's not Catholic guilt. It's called the Catholic embracing of the cross because that cross is only temporary. It will lead you eternally to life. All right, so this is what we're dealing with. Yeah, we still love and respect our family, 
We never evict them from our lives. That's not what Jesus means here by hate or love less. It doesn't mean that, you know, I can't speak to you anymore because you're not going to church. No. Your loving example will plant a seed to bring them back to the faith. What is the best way to get somebody back to the faith? Not badgering them, not hounding them, not threatening them. The best way to get somebody to come back to the faith is your example of loving them and the joy in your faith. Now, I'm just sitting here talking about the cross is the way of the Catholic faith. And so faces get long. But in that cross is joy, believe it or not. And it's that joy that's going to bring people back. Why do we have joy in the midst of a cross? Because you know what that cross leads to, the resurrection. That's why we are to have joy. And that joy is what's going to bring people back. Um, I had dinner an interesting night with a, a, a great group of people last night, and the uh, 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 comment or the, the topic of the conversation was the bishop here is saying, we need priests with joy. That's true. But you too need that joy. Well, Father, you're just telling me I got a big old cross. It leads to the resurrection. All right, so this is what we're talking about. We can't leave them just abandon them but you can't also abandon your faith hopefully the two will not require you to conflict but if they do we have to choose god that's why jesus is telling us there will be division this is why the sword we can't leave the faith because no matter how much we love them we can't choose them over god so Jesus says, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Hmm. He means, what does he mean here? He means preoccupation with other people will block us from being true disciples. It'll hinder us in our spiritual life. Sin, you've heard me say this, what is sin? Sin is simply turning your gaze away from God onto the creature or the created thing. That's all sin is. That's why in prayer, gaze upon the cross. Gaze upon the image of divine mercy. <clears throat> Say to God, that was, that's my, one of my morning prayers every morning. Lord, help me keep my gaze on you. I'm constantly pulling my gaze away from you and gazing upon the creature or the created thing. I sometimes have spiritual ADD because we are to focus on our Lord and a lot of times I pull it off to the creature or the created thing. Don't do that. That's what our Lord is telling us. All right. <clears throat> So, as Christians, we know we are to love one another. This is obvious. This is a commandment. But our love for each other needs to flow from our number one love, God. Start with God and love him, and all love for other people will flow from that. When we idolize people or things more than God, we reject him. Because we're putting somebody ahead of him, and believe it or not, that's a violation of the first commandment. You hear me talk about that? Rarely do I have people confess breaking the first commandment, but we probably all have at one time or another. I confess it often. 
Because if we put somebody or something ahead of God, no matter what it is, sex, money, power, fame, fortune, uh, 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 what do you call it, um, recognition in our job or our career or our degrees or our, our whatever it might be, when we put that ahead of God at all cost, we violated the first commandment. And few of us recognize that. You know, I'm going to have Brother Ryan read Diary Passage 960. So remember that, brother. <laughs> 960. Because in it, Jesus says he doesn't want Faustina thinking of someone else. Wow. Jesus told St. Faustina, who are you thinking about? She had a conversation with somebody, and Jesus comes back. He says, who are you? What are, you, what are you thinking about? Faustina's like, uh. <laughs> and our Lord's reminding her, stay focused on me. He kind of reproached her for simply talking to someone and thinking too much about them. Passage 960. Interesting. So how much more would he admonish us if we take that someone or something, not like Faustina, just a little casual, but we become an idol, or it becomes our idol. We attach ourselves to others or things or even causes. This is interesting. This is why in order to, in our life, we have to have God first, spouse second, children third. You've heard me say before, don't fall into child worship. I see it every time. I, you know, I see even at the masses, God bless them. There's nothing more beautiful in this world than to love your children. That's awesome. But when I see people at mass and the entire focus of a whole pew of a family is just on that child, oblivious to what's happening in the mass, eh, might want to kind of say, you know what? I remember when my mom and dad, I remember I was four years old, five years old. I used to want to stand with the congregation, sit with the congregation. But I didn't bring toys, food. I mean, unless you have a diabetic condition or something, there was no reason that I couldn't go one hour without bringing a box of Cheerios. I just, that was the way I was raised, to the realization that I can go, even when I was six or seven years old, I don't need a box of Cheerios in that hour of mass. I don't. I can survive. Now again, you know, if there's a diabetic or sugar condition or something, that's different. But I can promise you, your 10-year-old child's not gonna die without a box of Cheerios during the mass or their truck or toy. So we have to set the example. And so I think part of us we are forgetting that. And so some say, well, they don't feel like going to church, my children, so I don't, you know, I don't, we don't go. Well, first of all, you're the parent. You're the head of the household, not the child. The child doesn't dictate the rules, even when your children are adults. I have a lot of people who counsel, oh, I counsel, who come to me and say, Father, my, you know, my son is, uh, his girlfriend stays the weekend. You know, he's 25 years old. He lives with us. His girlfriend stays the weekend. He doesn't go to mass. He mocks us for our faith. What do I do? Well, the first thing you do, and, and he doesn't pay rent. Well, the first thing you do is say, I love you, son. But under our house, 
There are rules. And those things have to be adhered to, including worship on Sunday. That's not to punish somebody. It's to help them. You know, a lot of times we say, well, I don't want to upset them. In the name of peace, they put family ahead of God thinking this is true love. This is not true love. You're not helping that child, I promise you. By thinking you'll keep peace, by not saying, really, we want you to go to church, Junior. We really need you to get baptized. That's not putting peace. That's putting trouble for their eternal salvation. Out of love, we need to bring that up. This is not true love. It is false love if we think not saying anything is the best option or not doing something. It's just like affirming our loved ones in sin. Well, I don't want to be judgmental, so it's okay that you're living that lifestyle, Junior. You know, Junior, this is a lifestyle that's completely against the church, but it's okay, I'm not judgmental. No, we must be judgmental and intolerant. Yeah, that sounds like a real Catholic, Father. No, we have to be judgmental and intolerant of things contrary to the will of God. This is the thing. All right, so to finish, sometimes we can even support a good cause. But if it goes against Catholic Church teaching, we can't. There are groups now that are standing for causes that are completely contrary to the Catholic faith, but people have yard signs supporting these movements. It's not about a political movement. It's about the will of God. Some of these groups... They stand for things that are not of Catholic Church teaching. We can't support those. Even innocent things, like I laugh. My dad was a Marine, and and, and, and the church teaching on cremation is you can be cremated, but your ashes can't be scattered. They have to be contained and either buried or interned, and, and that's the church rule. So my dad, God bless him, he says, when I die, I want my ashes, I want to be cremated, and I want my ashes mixed with gunpowder, and I want them shot in a 21-gun salute. <laughs> and I said, Dad, as long as your son's a priest, that ain't going to happen. As long as your son is a living priest, this isn't going to happen. I'm sorry. I love you, but I'm not going to go against church teaching. This is the kind of thing. Now, sometimes items are a little more serious. Family goes against family. God is giving us a chance right now to choose for him or against him. And the craziness of the world, which appears to be good, the world tells us that abortion is a woman's right. It is good. Homosexual activity is good. It's expressing yourself. Numerous genders is good because it allows you to be who you think you are, not who God made you. Marxism is good because it, it, it brings about equality. These are all false apparent goods. This goes directly against every one of those goes against church teaching, every single one. And it goes against Christ himself. Why? Because Christ's body is the church. So if you go against the church, you're going against Christ. This is what people don't understand. So no matter how good it appears, if you follow Jesus, you can't support these things. This is the division Jesus is talking about. This is the division that it will cause. So how do we know how to follow Christ? Father, how do I know? 
the church because he left us his authority in the church. If the church teaches this is wrong, it's wrong. If he teaches we should do this, we do that. It's not a blind obedience. It's an enlightenment of the truth and you have the free will to choose it or not. That's what it is. It's not slavish. It's the way to eternal life. It's a roadmap for eternity. Now, 1 Timothy 3.15, this is where I want to finish, says, you will know how people ought to, this is Paul talking now, St. Paul, 1 Timothy 3.15, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Why don't we Catholics point this passage out every time our faith is criticized? 1 Timothy 3.15 You will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God. The foundation of the truth. So division, it's getting worse. This concerns me because our generation... God bless you watching, is dying off in the sense of the morals and the attendance of church, patriotism, all of these things. I worry because as the years go on and the precious generation that we have now that is getting older, somehow our younger generation are being divided by indoctrination, false teaching, lies, untruths. Let us pray for our younger generation that things that will be the truth will be revealed. And all of you who are watching right now, you are the ones carrying the banner to be able to maintain this truth. God bless all of you. Let us not waver from this path. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.